0: charlotte soccer show john hayes danny brams in the house on zoom on this thursday evening in the queen city it's good to be back on the show danny brams how are you i missed the match last weekend and to be honest with you i'm kind of glad i did
1: oh man we are back we are so back and uh I don't know if I can... You can't be glad to miss a match, you know, in all kinds of <laughs> weather and, uh, you know, rain or shine, win or lose, we support this club, obviously. Uh, speaking of, it was really nice weather. It was that perfect, perfect day in Charlotte for the match, so you did at least miss that. But, uh, yeah, we're back, and we're so back, and we are uh, running a little late this week. Just want to thank anybody uh, who might have been waiting an extra day or two for bearing with us. You know, the real world pops up and from time to time, but we love this show, and uh, those who... Send us a uh, little notes saying hey guys where's the episode even though it's taken us a day to deliver extra day or two to deliver uh, It th- th- hearing those kind of messages makes me want to keep doing the show for a long very long time So thank you.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's great to hear that And it's great to see all the engagement we've gotten on social media uh, the last couple of days and yeah
1: it will be a know, big feature of this episode <laughs> for sure. It's, it's,
0: it certainly will. We're not gonna cheers a beer tonight We're, we're not drinking a late night coffee uh, I've got a water on the episode and the reason why is because I have COVID, and that's why we haven't done an episode. That's why, that's why we're not together. And unfortunately, my travels over the weekend um, left me. I, I wish I was at the match. Now that I think about it, because if I was yeah, yeah, here in Charlotte house, yeah. and, and not at the match, then I wouldn't have been sick all week. But but I'm I'm here um, isolating at my house. <clears throat> Won't be going to the match this weekend either. Because I'm still COVID positive as we're, we're doing the the episode now. So just being transparent with the audience. Hey, uh, you're getting to know us uh, during mm-hmm. the show. You're, yeah. you're following us and, and our travels and, and what Danny Brams and I are into. And that's what I'm dealing with right now. It's my first time dealing with it. So um, just wanted to put that out there to start. But we've got a ton to talk about on on the show. Because Danny Brams, since we've talked, man. Obviously, it's it's the loss at home against Montreal. Uh, we don't need to unpack that. I think a lot of people have. Um, as we talk about the huge match against Vancouver on Sunday evening, at the keep on Sunday, Like we'll get into that. And I think some things that carried over from the Montreal game on Saturday, we can loop into that discussion. But a bombshell of news this week. We finally figure out what players on Charlotte FC are making. What is their salary? Where does Charlotte FC rank uh, when it comes to the entire MLS? And uh, Got news for you? If you didn't see our our tweet, it's dead last. Uh, David Tepper's not really dishing out that cash uh, yet, anyway. uh, There's there's a chance that he could. Uh, Danny Brams, you hinted at maybe a a possible transfer during the summer window.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Charlotte, excuse me, an MLS midsummer signing is uh, the way it kind of works in, in this day, where the uh, the DPS are. There's a lot of expansion teams coming in, and the, and the salary rules are kind of wonky. So the best example I can think of is Austin FC last year, who brought in Sebastian Driussi, an Argentinian player who was kind of stranded out in Russia, uh, and he came in for Austin in July last year, totally transformed that club. Couldn't really drag them off the near bottom of the table where they were because they dug themselves a huge hole in their expansion season, but they looked incredibly a fully different team with him in their second half and, and built a lot of hope for the future. And now they're one of the top teams in the Western Conference in MLS this year. Behind his example, he's probably the Western MVP if you would give uh, Georgie Mihailovic the Eastern MVP, as we saw in person on, on Saturday. But uh we will be bringing somebody in there there's i can zoran said in his interview this week that it would be probably this summer or maybe january i think it's a, a summer thing i think there's so much pressure on this and the money's there we're sitting on you we've, we'll we talk about how david role in all this and you know how much we feel he should spend more but regardless of what he's going to spend out of his pocket the uh that we're sitting on a big pile of allocation money. The Gam and Tam combo that we're, we have plenty of money. People were talking about us maybe bringing in Johnny Russell from KC because they're in the basement and spiraling downwards and he's a, a very capable attacking type player that we could have brought in. I think he's too old for our project, not someone we really want to waste the spend the money on. It wouldn't be a waste, but it would kind of be a short term solution. But we have the money is the point. So things are going to happen. Uh, and it is it does become about money. I don't know that the, uh, the, the tease is a, another young DP. We're going to pay enough money to get Jordi Alcivar, Jordi Alcivar, excuse me, off of his DP young DP contract. So he's uh, got all the money he needs and then we will have a new young DP spot to bring someone in and that's that's the spot. So with all that having been said, it is about money and money became the top of conversation after we all got over that loss to Montreal and uh, one of our biggest, you know, the engagements in terms of being able to have a conversation on social media with fans outside of the recording of an episode was just you posting the the, uh, the facts, Johnny, you just you just put the facts out there. And then the conversation kicked off.
0: Yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And and the total guaranteed player salary is 10.47 million dollars. Uh, I mentioned it, it ranks dead last in the league and we're not, we're not gonna sit here and and go over every single player's salary. you can just go on our Twitter feed at for the Crown baby and you'll see the link there to the entire list. It's not just Charlotte FC it's the entire MLS so you can see where everybody stacks up. I think what we should do Danny Brams is just give our immediate takeaways remember like th- this is information that we didn't have that the fan base didn't have. It was something that when I saw this information drop earlier this week, I was like, man, we got to get that out there as soon as possible because we all feel like we're a part of this club. And does it matter to me what Carol Sverdorski makes, what Brant Bronybro makes? Like, ultimately, no, that's their lives. They all have agents. They're negotiating those deals and they're signing on the dotted line. But what it does is it gives us a full picture. Uh, When you think about a pie chart and you're trying to observe this club and you're trying to understand the inner workings, the front office, um, what type of, and here's the key word, Bramps, what type of ambition this club has, what type of money this club is going to spend. So for me, that's my first big takeaway, the lack of ambition here to get this franchise off the ground. Uh, Jerdan Shakiri Bramps he makes 8 million dollars himself for Chicago Fire. That's, mm-hmm. you do the math that's about 80% of mm-hmm. Charlotte FC's total salary. Now, should Charlotte FC should have gone out there and 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 paid Shakiri 8 million dollars? My answer to that is no. Um, Hell no. Buying players like that doesn't mean success. But there's an open DP slot on this squad right now. There is an opportunity to go out there and maybe get somebody. So maybe that that truthfully was was for me somewhat disappointing, knowing that this club had an extra year because of the pandemic to put this roster together. But also on the other side of that coin is uh, the pandemic made financial situations difficult. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, you could right. say as well that I don't buy
1: the, I don't buy that extra year narrative. I've heard it. Right. I've heard it for a while, a while, and I don't buy it. I'll be honest because. It was not a, a regular year. It's not like you you were given an extra year to sit in your house with everybody else, you know, for half that year and whatnot. So yeah, uh, uh, what was your first a, takeaway? My first takeaway was probably was it player audience? related,
0: player related, club related. I mean we, when when this information comes out, we we each gravitate to one thing. Everybody's different well, listen, right?
1: I mean, everybody's different, but everybody has some things in common. and I'll tell you this. <laughs> you're told when you're growing up, you know, you don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion. you don't talk about other people's money it's 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 told, right? And then right. so what does everybody go around and do in their daily lives? They talk about politics, they talk about religion, <laughs> and they talk about other people's money. So this is like a a goldmine fiesta for especially in the social media age you know to just sit there and put this list of players across the league in our team and list out here's who's making what and you do the math on where the salary uh, put the salary with the minutes and the ro- rotations and who's getting in and who's providing goals and production things like that it's funny so I, I can't help but be at that type of person what can i say you know uh convict me if you will but I look at the obvious reaction, which a lot of other people jump to, and I hate to be cliche, but Jordy Reyna, Jordy Reina is making the most money, and he's not really contributing. He's getting some minutes. He he well, he's was not great making the mo-
0: he's not making the most money. I'm
1: sorry, sorry, he's the most non DP money. Excuse me. Let's say yeah. Obviously, Carroll's making the most at, at uh, 2.2, and I I don't really get into the the raw numbers. I don't really care what the, the exact raw numbers are, but I do care about hierarchy, and I do care about status. And I do care about, you know, what what the numbers might mean. I, the numbers are somewhat insignificant to me because I they're all, you know, it's a little bit different in in other sports. It doesn't quite fit with MLS. There's only one person making over a million on this list, and he's only making two. But a lot of these salaries are kind of like outside of my realm of really reality of what I'm dealing with in my daily life so I, I just kind of put the numbers off to the side the hierarchy does mean a lot and you see some things they kind of make your eyebrows raise a little bit some of the guys who are not making that much some of the guys who are the lower on the list start to pop out of you who are Well, maybe you can say they're not contributing much because we're a losing team right now but these are our contributors you know I'm talking about Bender, Bronny bro Jalen Lindsay to, you know, he's he's doing all right, I guess.
0: I, I don't know. Well, that new contract that Jalen Lindsay signed early in the season definitely got him more cash, by the way. I There's no so. way. I, I don't think that he started off the season with that number, but <clears> – <throat> He's playing out of I, his mind, but he, – he, he's, play, he's playing well and he's the right back, and I think the reason why they gave him a new contract is because he was criminally underpaid when they saw him. I, I, I don't know that for sure, but I, I doubt – uh, he he might have been making somewhere close to the league minimum, which, by the way, the league minimum is sixty five thousand dollars five hundred. Uh, I mean,
1: look at look at Anton walks. You know, he he's very high up on this list, and he has uh, done almost nothing for us. Is that his fault that he makes more money than his production? Not really. I'm not going to judge him for that. I'm not going to be like, oh. This guy's dragging us down in the yeah, end. Yeah, and uh, doesn't, doesn't Brams, end. this is
0: and this is what I want to avoid, and I think this is what you want to avoid too. I'm not here to compare and contrast different players. Who makes no what? Doubt. That's you know what that's for? That's for the players in the locker room to decide who pays 100%. the bill on the road trip um for the next match. Now, they all know now and they can hold it against each other and they can decide who gets and foots the bill when it's time for the team dinner. For the strikers to go out, for the wings to go out, for the for the defense to go out. Um, they all know, but specifically player-wise, I do just want to bring up like who who I think is a bargain, and who I think is playing well beyond what he earns, not just on the field but off the field, and it's our man, it's the guy, it's it's the bro, it's the brawny bro, like here's somebody who is his is. Is really doing for himself a service because I think ultimately, if he continues down this path, that number for him is is going to jump. So at the end of the day, when I think about what Bronny Bro has done for this squad, when I think about Miguel and MAR's trust in, in Bronny Bro, I, I just I, seeing this information made me admire him even more.
1: Oh, 100%. And it makes me think.
0: When you some people might look at this
1: list of salaries and say that's the level of the club's commitment to each of these players. You can see it in those terms. I'm not necessarily saying that I do. But when you look at Bronny, bro, being willing to come here, sign with this club a full year and what ended up being two years before we even set foot on the pitch as a club and to sign for a salary of, you know, not that much, you know, only double the league minimum. That's more invest a sign of what he committed to Charlotte FC. It's not about what the club's committed to him. He's commi- he committed to this club from the very beginning. So that just makes us love him more. Like you said, he's the brawny bro. He's invested in this project, in this town. He wa- he wants to make soccer big in the city. He's always at the events from the kid reveal to the field openings and things like that. Uh, he's He's got his own brand going. He's, he's making things happen for uh, himself by going all in. And it really doesn't matter what your salary is at that point because you're going to be a success. Let's just put it that way.
0: One thing I wanted to do, Brams, was just share some of the feedback we got on Twitter at for the crown baby. Make sure you follow. Yeah, us the replies there.
1: were great. Sorry, yeah, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, no, the you're, you're, name you're again, my bad.
0: you you're good at for the crown baby on Twitter. Make sure you follow us there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Hit that plus in the top right hand corner on Apple Podcasts to to get the show automatically downloaded to your device. That really helps us. A um, couple things. Um, uh, Joey Nichols at Joey Nichols SC on Twitter. He says, My concern is whether or not Tepper is willing to commit serious resources to making the club better. Given the delayed start of the club, it's very reasonable to think that there should have been a more cohesive plan in place for the squad in regards to both players and tactics. Um, we heard that, and that column was written by Sam Stachel of The Athletic. Um, to begin the season. So that thought now, Brams, is, is kind of out there in the fan, fan base. Um, you know, uh, somebody else, uh, Chris Grayson at Tar Heel 2626. I didn't expect us to be at the bottom of the league in payroll. This is a bit concerning, to say the least. So my, my question to you is, like, legitimately, is it concerning to you?
1: Yeah, because beyond the gossipy – comparing who makes what the real big picture is the sum total of it all. And the fact that we are putting the least ambition, as you mentioned earlier into this project from a money standpoint, and we have the richest owner in the league. So, you know, there's something there. I'm, I'm not here to spend David Tepper's money. And maybe I am a little bit, but I'm not here to, you know, balance his budget sheets. Uh, but you want to see, you know, he could do more, you know, he, you know, in your heart, that he could do more, so you want to see more. There's no reason we should be at the bottom. I don't say we have to be at the top. But there's no reason we should be at the bottom. Come on. Uh,
0: there's a there's another good reply here from Paolo, uh at Forza USA. Uh, the Darwin Matias deal fell apart. He would have mm-hmm. been uh, a a big investment, and, and that wouldn't have been the same. So there's so many different angles here, and that's a really good point. You know, if that if that deal happens, but maybe the Usviak deal doesn't happen uh, if Matias is here.
1: I believe that I do not think we would have used Viac if we had brought in matches for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I, I just wanted to bring this one up for fun. Trey coffee at Trey coffee too on Twitter. Trey Coffey, he says, that's because our owner is just like Daniel Snyder <laughs> and probably worse. Um, he's not from here and doesn't give a damn about Charlotte and the Carolinas. <laughs> so, I listen, Rams, this is the first time, and I, I wanted to have this conversation off the bat with you on the show today because this is the first time we're kind of seeing negativity from the fan base. And I think this news about being last in the league in salary paired with the 2-0 loss – at home on Saturday against Montreal, the last five to seven days in Charlotte FC land has been negative. And this is the first stretch of negativity that we've seen. And there's a huge opportunity this weekend to, to take that neg- negativity and squash it.
1: We're, we're uh, living through some of the darkest days in Charlotte FC history right now so far. It's true.
0: <laughs> I want to. I want to give a shout out at, uh, before we finish the Twitter segment. I want to give a shout out to Alex Ventura. Uh, he's an awesome listener. I'm um, at Al Ventura 160. He said the front office has to have a player in mind, as we are in desperate need for a player uh, that can help us score more goals. Uh, we need a midfielder that can help create opportunities for our players up front to score more goals. I 100. 100% uh, agree with that. I think it's it's a really smart take, and, and I think that transitions us to, to the next topic before we get into Vancouver, which is Zoran Kretna, sporting director. This week, had an interview, and he said a lot this week, Brams. It was good to hear from him, wasn't it? It's, I feel like it's been a while. Yeah. He, he, he took the mic, and he talked about the
1: long-term plan. He talked about, it's great to be having this debut year, but He's gotta already be thinking two and three years down the road and even further. And that's why we as a club of supporters can look at what we see as a whole and say, Oh, there's a hole. Come on, plug the hole. Come on, Zoran, come on, Dave. Come on, plug the hole. You know, yeah. where where get Nick back here if we if he's the only one that can plug the hole. Like we say just go do it. But corporations, institutions, Groups of people that are making these high-level decisions for long-term, hopefully sustained success, they move a little slower. Just, you, you have to be willing to accept that. And also, there's not a transfer window, so we couldn't even do it now at this point. But it was great to hear from Zoran. He, he talked about you know, the positives. And he tried to push back against some of that negativity that we felt in the fan base this week. And I think we are hopefully turning the corner through some of the stuff he said and, and through what we got coming up this weekend. What, was, what jumped out to you? What was your favorite thing?
0: Yeah, and the reason why I mentioned what Alex tweeted at us is because it's exactly what Zoran said. Um, uh, Zoran said, quote, we are looking for adding an attacking midfielder as our third DP, which is coming right out there and saying – I understand what the weakness of this club is. It's a creative midfielder. It's an attacking midfielder. It's somebody to to, to fill the role of, uh, of a T.T. Ortiz, someone that, that potentially could have been the number 10, the guy that is that creative attacking midfielder, and it just hasn't panned out. So they're looking out there at the market to try somebody else. And by the way, he added to that saying a young DP. He didn't commit mm-hmm. to the idea of that third DP being – Um, a full designated player uh, because they're probably going to buy Jordi Alcivar down. When I I hear that though, I'm kind of like, well,
1: all right, that's all well and good. It's good to know that that's what we need because we are not getting the goals. Our defense has been solid and it's really been a matter of getting timely and important goals consistently. But I hear that and I'm like, we have Franco, Alcivar, Bender, Ortiz Ruiz we have that's we have all these guys and, and none of them are panning out that kind of that, that doesn't speak too well if we're still well, let's the-
0: let's go player by player I think this is yeah. a really great exercise and I'd love to do that and, I, and I'll start with Ben Bender like I like Ben Bender but if you've listened to this show from the very beginning I've told you that Ben Bender is a nice young project player who came out of the University of Maryland and was the f- first, dr- dr- uh, first pick in the draft, and there's a reason why he doesn't even make hundred thousand dollars, because he's not that great. Like he, he is he's he's a he's a good talent to come off the bench. I, th- I thought Bender was 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 poor on Saturday against Montreal. So it's time for me, I think, to 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 put my neck out there and say, like I'm not falling in love with these players. I'm trying to look at these players and, and decide if they are like a serious part of Charlotte FC's future and what their ceiling is, Brams, because there's two things that we're going to have to juggle here, right? It's a new franchise. This is our f- f- you know, first squad. Uh, we appreciate them. It's really fun to have them, but this isn't a marriage, uh, there's no ring on our finger. Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to the squad that we have now. This is who we're starting with. Is Ben Bender good enough right now to be Charlotte FC's full-time attacking midfielder? My answer to that question is no. Do you think that he is?
1: No. I think he does some exciting things, and I think sometimes he gets let down. He tries some creative stuff where the team's not really on the same page as him. I'll give him the credit for that, and it's stuff I like, and it's mostly that comes in the form of runs, that I see him make from that tact, that sweet tactical view we have in the Mint Street end, uh, yeah. I, you know, it, it obviously is, we see things from that angle that probably aren't as visible on the field. And so there's many times when I'll like grab the person next to me. I'll be like, ah, you know, like, uh, why, make the, the runs right there. I see it. I see the right run. and bender shines in that. Like I see him making these runs that, uh, could be paid off better,
0: but I, l- I love him off the bench when Charlotte FC needs a goal. Right. Uh, I love. I, I just love him as a tactical substitution in the final 25 minutes to have complete freedom in the opposition's half.
1: 100%. When he roams like that, he's very effective. And on the flip side of it, I've seen him be a little bit methodical and slow sometimes to to make decisions in the final third when he's got the ball at his feet or when the ball comes to him in a quick spot more often
0: experience uh, I mean, yeah yeah yeah
1: right should take a first time shot but takes a touch instead some of that might be coaching i was thinking like be- he's so he's so young and coachable that miguel tells him to play in, in a certain style of considering your options and think and staying in, and he he stays in the system almost to a fault in that respect in terms of like taking a touch when you're getting the ball in the box that i don't really when you could just shoot it uh so he could be better he'll work on it through experience like you just said
0: and i don't mean that to be like a trash ben bender segment i just mean and i've said this from the very beginning go back and listen to the episodes temper your expectations with a young player who's playing his first season of professional soccer he cannot be somebody that you rely on to play as a central midfielder for for 90 minutes so um we, we were the first about- show we were
1: the first uh, show in the vast landscape of so- Charlotte FC podcasts to uh to say ben bender after his great you know breakout performance in atlanta and against new england we're like hey he could still find the bench after this and it, it played out to be true so just point out, pat ourselves on the back there a little
0: bit so alcivar ruiz where do you stand on those two players um you sent me and i i anything that you send me on discord Br- brams uh I'll bring on to the pod and and you said about Ruiz you you said that he seems like a player who shines against weak competition and hides against quality competition. And did he do that uh Saturday night against Montreal in your eyes?
1: I stand by it. Yeah. He was he was hiding. <laughs> I I think for sure there's a reason he was the first sub, I believe. Let me double check that. Yeah, he was the first sub 57th minute for Jordi Alcivar, who I would much rather see in the starting, you know, Jordi was starting at one point. He was on set pieces, got the Olympico. I think Miguel kind of had him take a back seat for a couple of matches and, and watch from a sub role. And, and now I think it's time for Alcivar to come back in and be the starter again. We'll see.
0: Uh, out of that group of three, do you think Alcivar is the best option as an attacking midfielder?
1: of uh, Bender, Ruiz, and Jordi? Yes. I think yeah, Jordi Alcevar is the best of those three for sure. He should he should be someone we are getting minutes because of his quality minutes and for his the, his best future development. I think his ultimate potential is even higher than Benders.
0: I agree. I, I I totally agree and when we talk about players ceilings, um, you know, I think he's somebody that there's a reason why he was the one that came on the pitch uh, when Charlotte FC was down 1-0. They needed some action. They needed and some c- creative minds, and he's that.
1: Shout out to the hair. He was rocking the black and white cookie hair. It was <laughs> insane. I've, I've never seen someone in recent times do that completely all dark one side, all light on the other side, and, and just make it work. I was I was blown away by that.
0: I, I'm into it. I, I'm a huge fan of, of soccer players. I'm I'm a fan of anybody expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to how they wear their hair, what type of fashion they mm-hmm. they choose to to wear to the game or after the game, and I think Al Savar, what that shows is, is confidence. He's a confidence guy, and confidence in soccer can can take you can take you a, a very very long way. But who am I and forgetting in the it, midfield? It now, almost just... worked as a uh, just to keep going on the hair keep keep going on the hair for a moment. In practice,
1: it almost worked as a camouflage on the pitch because. He would turn one way, and you're looking at a blonde guy, if you're a defender, and then he, you know, might do a spin and turn the other way, and all of a sudden it's brown hair, <laughs> and you kind of loot. You're like, what, you know, like. So it, I'm not saying that that's the reason he did it. I'm sure he's just, you know, being himself as a young kid wants to look cool, what he thinks is cool. But there even turned out to be a little bit of a small practical benefit I felt as, as I was watching that second half.
0: The other Franco Franco, I didn't, Franco, I didn't Franco, you know Franco, and, the blue
1: horn and, was back, and, oh, he was uh, back in a big way.
0: He, a huge way, he's, he's all over the pitch, and I don't consider him an attacking midfielder. I consider him just like a box-to-box midfielder who can do it on both ends of the field, who I, I am not going to sub Alan Franco into the match at 65 minutes to help create a goal. I am going to start him to go 90 minutes and help the squad in every facet of the game. That's yeah, a different I don't think he's set. an impact sub.
1: I do not think of Franco is an impact sub.
0: Right, so he, his ceiling is high too.
1: I, I don't know if these are advanced stats, but a lot of people say Franco does nothing and he never has any impact. He's creating one big chance created, which is like a very high XG chance per game, a full one. You know, he's having key passes, at least one per game. His passing percentages could be a little higher. I'm not saying he's a perfect player, but
0: well, this is MLS. I don't expect him to
1: be a perfect he, he, player. He makes such an, he makes such an impact that he's not getting credit for it from a lot of people. Yep. And you just got to watch. He's always he's moving the ball on. He had the assist to Carroll, you know, a few like a month and a half ago. Now, unfortunately, he had he's had so many. I feel like he could have four or five assists on the year. So just the chances aren't being finished. But I, I'm a I love him. Yeah, you know, it's no secret that I'm a huge Alan Franco fan, fan, and I hope you know people need to start calling the Blue Hornet. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm, I need people to jump on board with me on
0: this. Yeah, I, I'm in with it. I, the only the only reason why I don't love the Blue Hornet is because it reminds me of the Charlotte Hornets and. <laughs> well, that, man, I right. mean,
1: it's a, the Hornet is, is a emblem of our town. You know,
0: it is. It is. I just I love the the Hornets ship because man, that franchise is on the struggle bus, and when I think about what I don't want Charlotte FC to become. It is the Charlotte Hornets. Like, I, I, truthfully, that's how I feel about this franchise. You cannot become the the Charlotte Hornets. You have to go out there and be ambitious. You have to go out there and and sign players and and not just try to sneak into the playoffs, um, but but try to to win something. And yeah. I think Charlotte FC ultimately should have that ambition. Um, and and finally, you know, I guess like the one last uh, midfielder that we should mention is T.T. Ortiz, who. Who I have a soft spot for. I think he's good. I think he's creative, um, and I think that we still could potentially see um, the the best to, to come out of out of TT. So I mean that that was a long winded way to just talk about you know Zoran and his his commentary, um, and <clears throat> I just wanted to mention a couple other things that that Zoran said. Um, Wanted to get a good laugh about this one. Uh, Zoran on, which by the way, if you haven't seen my now, Charlotte F.C. is playing Chelsea Football Club at uh, the Keep this summer. I believe it is July 20th, and Zoran said, "quote This team is built to play anyone and win," um, which is which is pretty good. I think yeah, if we're we're playing Chelsea's uh, under 23 side, uh, might have a chance to to beat that uh, European Championship and Champions League premier league side but um that 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 quote kind of came off as like come on dude don't insult me
1: i saw so many people you know fans i love god love you i'm not here to start a fight i picked enough fights within the supporters already but in, in this, season <laughs> but uh i saw a lot of people like yeah man we gotta beat chelsea let's go we gotta beat chelsea and i'm like <laughs> motherfucker it's a a exhibition game like who cares if we beat chelsea or not like they're not gonna care if they lose i mean they're just coming here to make a little extra cash the the club's just gonna get cash out of it because even though i hate chelsea and i haven't bought my ticket yet i know i'm gonna get a damn ticket and go watch freaking chelsea at the the freaking bank of america stadium (laughs) you know i'm not happy about it already i'm not happy about it but uh I, i whether we win or lose I I think that is a pure party that's like a day I might not even know what the score is by the time I stumble out of uh, the keep <laughs> so that's a game we'll where see. you show
0: up you you show up toasted to that one yeah
1: yeah exactly so
0: uh, and then the last quote i'll I'll share from Zoran which I very much enjoyed was um I, this is like one of those like it's not philosophical but it's just like it reminds me of some of that mauricio pochettino would say is quote the table never lies i believe it's fair um uh, and, th- and that's about charlotte fc right now being ninth in the east and i agree with that quote uh, the table doesn't lie charlotte fc mm-hmm. is exactly where they are so um it,
1: that's what, in the nfl they say you are what your record says you are right
0: absolutely right and and in the mls uh the table never lies. it's been fun this week, Brams, to kind of see a, a full slate of of MLS soccer um, uh, being played on Wednesday night. The, the team catching up to that that game in hand that that Charlotte FC had, um, and and I think this could get us into our you know our third and final topic here on the night is uh, Vancouver played on on Wednesday night, which was which was interesting to see. I got to watch some of their match.
1: Played in one. Comeback yeah, victory. Against,
0: against Dallas at home, they went down, um, what was it, 1-0 at mm-hmm. home and then came back to win 2-1 with a an extra-time PK. So uh, Vancouver gets their, I think it was third win of the season, third win at home. They still yet to have a winning result on the road. But they're coming to Charlotte FC on Sunday with, with a little bit of momentum after this win against Dallas, who was second in the West.
1: That was um, Dallas' first Vancouver. loss in the league since March 5th, which is actually a longer streak than Montreal had coming in here. And Vancouver found out – you know, they had to go up to Vancouver, uh, but you would have expected them to win it, and Vancouver took care of business. The th- thing is, I was, I'm was i still hyped to play Vancouver, though. I'm still – they're so beatable. They're just not – an elite club. And I, I feel like this is almost like the Cincinnati situation where I said if we don't beat this club where we're about ba- officially a bad club, I would feel the same about Vancouver, even though they're on a nice little bit of form. I mean, they have three wins and a draw in their last four, but they want a three game losing streak before that they they tend to be a team that kind of like goes up and down and and we need to start sending them back down basically. Uh, from this point, they're not very deep. They've got some injury issues. And it's time to go get three points. I I think the fact that they had to play midweek just a few days ago before this match and then fly all the way down here, it it bodes very well for
0: us. It's a crazy, crazy travel. Um, And when you think about something that Christian Fuchs has said recently about his experience so far in the MLS and his experience has been um, just, hey, you got to travel a while. To, to go play a game compared to Europe when, you know, you're probably not traveling more than two hours, two and a half hours, three hours max. And, you know, Vancouver is going to have to basically fly five hours, um, maybe even more than that, uh, to Charlotte um, after playing on Wednesday night. I'd imagine that uh, the flight is probably scheduled for today. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in route right now. To get acclimated two nights here in charlotte worst worst case you know since they're they're gonna lose a lot of time flying this way uh, after a long flight so so when you add the the three hours of time change it's probably going to take vancouver about eight hours um to get here so if they leave you know, first thing tomorrow morning, West Coast time, you know they get in here in the in the in the evening, and and they have the full weekend in Charlotte. I think that makes sense, right? Travel day Friday, get into town, um, stay training. over, training on Saturday, game on Sunday. If if yeah. I was running Vancouver, that's how I'd do it. Um, but Charlotte FC, what they get to do and what they have been doing since Saturday is kickback. Um, take care of themselves. Get into training. Prepare for this squad. So to to say that Charlotte has an advantage in this match is the understatement of the season. Like this is we talked about. Remember when New England came into to the Keep and uh, they just played that uh, Concacaf Champions League match in Mexico, and we said, hey, this is a huge opportunity for Charlotte. And what ended up happening there? Uh, Charlotte looked like the better squad.
1: We busted and, them up.
0: Exactly right. So, uh, heading into to this match against Vancouver on Sunday, um, is it a must win match? Because it kind of almost feels like one. It's not a must win for the table, but for the squad and for the fan base, it's damn close.
1: Hundred percent must win. Not not even close to me. Not even close at all. We uh, we got to start moving up the table. We got to get to a winning record. We got to be. We can't. Yeah. We can't. We can't be four and eight. We cannot be four and eight. We just can't. We can't be four seven and two. So let's get a win. Results are best. Starting it's to our a way best play. eleven.
0: It's a best eleven game. Right?
1: Yeah, for sure. A hundred. Even
0: even with the U.S. 100%. Open Cup next weekend on the road against Red Bull in some high school stadium in New Jersey.
1: <laughs> Unreal. That that will be the topic of a future episode for sure.
0: Even I though think, that's on the horizon.
1: I think you know. the. The Red Bulls, I think, will probably be play a little bit of a weakened side in that match, too. I don't think they're going to be coming at us full strength. So we can afford to – I think we go best 11 at home to start versus Whitecaps, hopefully get a lead and get and get the chance to make some strategic subs rather than subbing to try to go chase goals. We can make subs to get a few key guys some rest and a few other guys some stretch of their legs to, to start to prepare in the second half on Sunday to prepare for the match against Red Bulls in the cup. We want to win the cup. I think we should be focusing on the cup uh, as much as possible because we're an expansion side, and it it just adds to the fun of of the story that we're telling. I think we can, at that point, though, not that we would ever give away a game, but if you're talking about uh, a scheduled loss, to borrow a term from the NBA, not that we want to wind up like the Hornets, like you said, but it doesn't (laughs) look great for us then after two games and a midweek game to then go up and play at Seattle who are deceptively near the bottom of the Western standings, but are starting to get into their form. Seattle has a very particular habit of starting the season slow and then finishing in first place all the time. And it happens over and over again. So uh, that's going to be a tough game and a, a game where we can probably then trot out a rotated side and just say, all right, Seattle here's here's you know the best we can do after a, a tough stretch of fixtures and see what happens because then we come right back and play the Red Bulls at home again. And there's a good chance that the starting lineups for the cut match and the league match look very different for those two Charlotte FC first New York Red Bulls matches. But that is kind of the next little stretch that we've got going. I, I think I'm not conceding the game to sounders, but I think that's the game where we really do go try to grind, grind out a nil a
0: hundred percent. I agree. And I think Sunday's match is a game where, um, you don't look ahead like we, we can look ahead on this podcast and, and we can talk about the, the run of games that that's coming. Um, but the first game in this run of games being that uh, game is the most important. I don't give a fuck about who's healthy in the U.S. Open Cup, who's ready to play in Seattle. Uh, That just doesn't matter to me. The only thing that matters to me is that the best 11 takes the field on Sunday night, and this team gets three points against one of the worst teams in the Western Conference that's traveling hours um, to play here in Charlotte. So there's one key to that for me, Brams, and it's the involvement of Christian Fuchs. Um, I, I think against Montreal we saw that this team, this defense specifically, is just not the same without him. And I saw this in Greenville. You know, Brams and I, uh, w- during the U.S. Open Cup match against the Triumph, uh, we were sitting right behind the bench. And one of my takeaways from that match was that there was nobody on the pitch, nobody on the pitch, that was <clears throat> a vocal leader. And as soon as Fuchs got subbed on into that match. Things changed. He was barking at everybody. He knew where everyone was supposed to be, and he set everybody up. You know, Christian Kalina does a, a decent job of that, but you just reminded you, me.
1: You just reminded me. Finish your point, but I got something to say right after that.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's it, Christian Kalina does a decent job of that, but it's not the same from from the keeper. Uh, Fuchs Fuchs does a better job of it.
1: We came up with the great nickname for uh, our. our new for the guy who filled in as in the captain's armband for Fuchsie when he was out and that's our boy carujo he's got the you know we're all about trying to figure out organic cool nicknames that fit for all our guys right that aren't based on like you know their first initial and the the first syllable their last name so we in stands in the min street end on saturday we started calling carujo the deputy oh Be, you know because like fuchs is team dad and he's the captain and then Carujo's the deputy. And he was deputizing real nice. He was a little bit of that vocal leader that you were looking for in my in my mind, from what I from my vantage point. He was running around like his hair was on fire, going around, uh, he was yelling at guys. I thought it was his finest game in blue, you know, to be honest. And he's had a few good ones.
0: I'm thinking about when you talk about Carujo being the deputy, I'm thinking about like a buddy cop movie with Christian mm-hmm. Fuchs. And uh, Guzmán Carujo, and like I'm seeing them like bust into an interrogation room, and I see Fuchs. They they both sit down, and you know Fuchs is in there, and he wants to talk. He's interested, and because you know what Fuchs loves to do, he loves to talk. If you've heard any of his interviews, um, his personality is undeniable. So, and, and Carujo is quiet this whole time, um, while the suspect is sitting there, and. As soon as Fuchs is done with his bullshit, you know, talking and asking five hundred questions, talking in circles, um, Carujo just looks at him and gives him the nod, and Fuchs leaves the room, and then Karuho pounds the desks, grabs him by the shirt, and puts him up the wall against the wall. You know, like that's the that's the tag team that these two are, and they compliment we know each you other did beautiful. It. Yeah, exactly right. Like, the, and my point of of, of making that absurd. Um I guess why the I, fancy <laughs> my my point of making that like absurd comparison or you know is that I just think that the the guys complement each other really well and he is the deputy. Like he's somebody that's going to that's going to bust your lip if he has to. You know, if 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 nobody's looking and he needs to get information out of you, um you might end up with a black eye. And that—that's Guzman Carujo, and, and and I love him. So if he's in with Fuchs in this match on Sunday, I promise you, we, there's no way we can lose.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the the chant in the in the uh, supporter section. That I was trying to get going. Obviously, I'm I'm only one man. I need people to help me here. But I was singing, Guzman Carujo is the mother effing deputy. <laughs> <It was great. laughs> Little Bob Marley for the yes,
0: people. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, that's good. We that's, um, we you know we need anyone to.
1: can feel free to borrow that one.
0: That's a good. That's I love you know some Bob Marley on the show. That's that's a it's uh, a good call. It's a smart man right there on on the Charlotte Soccer Show. He's Danny Brams. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Brams. You can follow me at John Hayes on air as well. Love to hear from you. Follow the show at For the Crown Baby. So if we've got those two um, as a center back pairing, you know, obviously if Fuchs can't play, McCoon's in. If we have those two as a center back pairing. Um, we've got jogging Joe Mora on the left hand side. Uh, Danny Bram's new nickname for for Joe Mora, who um, you know he's he's just a, a bit on the struggle bus. You know, he, know even he's, when he's, he's
1: run, even when he's running as fast as he possibly can, he looks like he's jogging. So he's jogging Joe now for <laughs> for the time
0: being. Uh, Jalen Lindsey on the right hand side, um, and you know, we've we've got to pick a midfield. Uh, we've got Bronny Bro in Brams because you know, mm-hmm. Bronny Bro always in yeah and uh is it a 4-3 go back to the 4-3-3 against vancouver for me it's the 4-3-3 you know if we had
1: done a a episode earlier this week i think it would have been a lot of time devoted to discussing the
0: sort of mini
1: freak out from the fan base over uh formation and subs and all that that i think
0: that was a blessing in disguise by the
1: way (laughs) yeah you, you were happy to skip that episode i'm sure uh but I will say that we, I would, lo- I'm not freaking out. I, I, I made a little meme, you know, that I posted from the, uh, the show account just saying, you know, if you're happy and you know it, you, you know that M.A.R. Is, knows exactly what he's doing. You're not going to worry so much about it. But if it were up to me, I would say let's get the four three three out there with Brawny, bro. And I want to see Franco and Jordi Alcivar. And then I want to see Swiderski up top. And I want to see Yusviak on his left and Shinya Siki on his right. Yeah. make stuff
0: happen that that's best 11 for sure well 100 best 11 and uh, in that situation what you have is uh what we've talked about uh all season long you've got super subs on the bench you've got danny rios who's able to come in you've got tt ortiz who's able to come in you've got mackenzie Gaines, who's able to come in as well um who you know, and I and I want to go on the record and, and talking about Mackenzie Gaines is I, I still really really like him. Uh, I th- I think this kid is is one of the paciest players on our squad, and I think that his lack of size is definitely um, a bit of an issue. But you know, if you pair him with Yuzviak uh, and Szwedurski, if you pair him with the Shinyashiki and Szwedurski. I, I think his skill set lends you to um, potentially causing issues for for an opposing defense because they always got to know where he is. He's so damn fast. And, and that goes a long way when it comes to tactical preparations on the defensive side, when you have to tell one of your defenders, hey, man, that guy is super fast. You got to keep an eye on him at all times. Um, you don't say that about Ben Bender.
1: I think best 11 is Shin Yosiki right wing at this point, but... I wouldn't be shocked to see Gaines start against Vancouver also. It, the, it, it could be that Gaines still has more trust. I, I knew Shinya was going to start against Montreal because of the, the way the minutes had sort of been distributed with the cup match midweek before, and the, and Gaines starting two in a row. I felt like he would probably rest and go to the bench and Shinya would come in. But I, I got to admit, it, it could be either one of them this week.
0: I think that Shinya Shiki is um, like a guaranteed starter for every important match. Oh, I and, hope so. And the reason why I'm reading between the tea leaves here, Danny Brams, is because, you know, it, it takes a lot for for an incoming player um, to just, like, immediately get into the lineup and, and be used and to start and um, to contribute and to get a result. And, you know, the, the result didn't happen against Montreal, um, but – uh, he scored in, in the in the cup match and he scored
1: the mat he scored the match before that he had scored his first two appearances for us yeah and he exactly. came real damn close against Montreal again the game the game of inches is that he could have changed the entire match if that first shot of his off the post gone in
0: yeah uh, it, there's just something about him that I think mar sees right I, I just think that he's an mar type of player yeah, you, you, it, my you, eyes
1: were opened because when the, the news was first announced, I was like, you know, I'm not sure about this guy. And then I found out that M.A.R. had been chasing him since the preseason and was he had been a long term target. I thought maybe he was just some guy that we were trying to go get out of desperation. But really, it was uh, it was a thing that had been a long developing process. I,
0: I love him. I, I think he's going to add, add a lot to this this squad. Um, and I think he starts and I think he scores. On on Sunday, um, and, and I think Charlotte FC wins two to one on Sunday against Vancouver. I don't think it's going to be easy because Vancouver is a confident team. Uh, I do think they get one. Um, would love to see a clean sheet. If it's not two one, I think it's going to be two zero. Um, I think it's two one if Fuchs doesn't start. I like
1: that. I think that's fair. Fuchs. Is, so you're saying Fuchs is a uh, is a is a one goal. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, I, yeah. That's, that's exactly that, what I'm saying. Yes. Then yeah. Well, that's that's what you want. That's why he's the captain. I say it all the time. And I'll say it again.
0: But before you give your prediction, before we get out of here, um, I, I just think there's a one crucial player on this squad that I need to hear you give a take on. I can't and, wait. And it's Camille. It's it's Yusviet. And he's our DP signing. He's making a guaranteed million dollars. He's the Polish winger that was acquired to play with Svodersky. Um He it hasn't been on the score sheet yet in the MLS. And we're waiting for him to open his account. What's your take on this guy? Uh, when are we going to find out who he is? When are we going to find out how good he is? Because I don't think we know yet.
1: Yeah. My take is that we will not see the best of him right away. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of why we almost didn't get him in the first place, which was that he did take an injury towards the towards the middle end of his season over there in the English Championship. And that almost caused us not to get him. He ended up, the injury was not as bad as they thought. He recovered okay. But it's still an injury. And I, I'm not sure that he's 100% right with everything he's doing. He's, and you add on top of that the factor of trying to learn in a new league, a very physical league. The English Championship tends to be kind of physical as well, but you still have to sort of learn these tendencies of your own teammates plus the opponents and learn the little things. You got to adapt to the referees. You got to adapt to the artificial turf. You know, you got to adapt to all these things. I think there's some things that translate globally really quickly, and there's others that don't when you're moving from you know, the Polish national team and, and an English, a, a decent English championship side to come over to MLS. So there's that. I also I, so I think fan expectations for him are a little out of whack. Yeah.
0: How patient do we have to be is my, you know, like I on, think we have to be really patient. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. Yeah. I think
1: we have to be really patient. I think we, I think it might be, I could end up being wrong. I want to see him start on Saturday, for instance. I think we need to play him into what he's going to be. He's not going to get to where he's, we need him to be by sitting on the bench but we do need to be patient do I think that there's no chance he gets on the score sheet this weekend of course not I I hope he does and I think we can see it but in terms of him being like an impact DP type player someone that's like recognized by one thing I've noticed just that kind of plays into this you know we when I see how national media comment on our team it's always funny because it's like they don't really seem to know like who's really good and stuff like that. You know, they just know that Carol makes a lot of money. And, and our guys need to sort of develop identities outside just being, you know, role players on an expansion team or designated players on an expansion team. And Camille's that needs to happen for him too. And so for, for him to really live up to that potential, we need to be very patient. I, I don't think it will happen before the midway point of the season to the point where he's banging in goal of the week type stuff and, and getting like shout outs from, from people outside of our fan base, that, you know, which is where we wanted to get to, I think.
0: He still hasn't done a full 90.
1: Right. Yeah. He's only averaging 30 minutes a game in, in the one. And he only started one out of the three appearances. I know you love the full 90. You have, you gotta go to the full 90 to get the John Hayes seal of approval. I know that. Well, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that that's how you become a great player. Yeah. Um, that's how you become a player that you can count on. That's the, That's how you become a brawny bro. You know. That's how you become a bro. That's how, you know what. That's truthfully how you know we, we 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 have given out full ninety awards on the show before. We should just call it the bro award. Like yeah, you're only you're only a bro if you can go the full ninety. Bronny's gonna go the full ninety because he's a bro. He's and a grinder. Like, yeah. That's what he does. Like he he's an un, he's an unbelievable shape, um, and. Uh, so the last thing that you got to do, Brams, is got to make a prediction. You you got to you got to tell us what you think is going to happen on on Sunday night at the Keep. Uh, I wish I could be there. Uh, I'm not going to be there. You will be there representing the show in the supporters section. Uh, my wife Rachel will be there as well. I'll be watching here at home at the house, um, and I'm, I'm excited to do that. I haven't watched a home match um, here at the house, but you're going to be in the building, and, and I want to get you on the record. What do you got?
1: I've got three zero Charlotte. I just think it's time. It's, it's time. Uh, Vancouver coming in weak, thin, tired, and somewhat overconfident based on their recent results. They're not as good as their recent results have shown. In fact, they're far worse at their core, in my opinion. Am I setting myself up for egg in my face? Maybe a little bit. But am I? Am I? Do I usually predict results? slightly a little bit too heavily slanted in Charlotte's favor of course I do
0: but I like a three nil three nil is music to my ears and I know it's music to the listeners uh, of this show their ears as well because it's due and and Charlotte FC they're they're wearing the kit that you're wearing right now baby yeah the The black and mint is back the mint and
1: black I'll, I'll be you know I like to try to match the team I always try to follow uh F Charlotte Kit Tracker on Twitter and get that get that scoop of what they're going to be wearing so I can be matching for sure.
0: What's the kickoff time? Before we get out of here, let's do a service for the fans. Let's get to MLS. Well, of course, uh,
1: scheduled 5 o'clock, but that, that is never true, as we've discussed at, at length. Oh, no, it's only 5.08. We 5.08. We can handle that. So you want to get in on time. 5.08 comes quick as opposed to if they did the 25-minute the delay. You, the 8-minute delay is not so bad.
0: Yeah. The reason why I would give you a shout out because Portland and Philadelphia late on Sunday night, it says 10 o'clock, but that doesn't kick until 10 25. So that's why
1: you always got to hey. check. And I know you, <laughs>
0: you're going to be loving life because you are not going to have to
1: skimp out on your, your PGA championship watching <laughs> as you also got eyes on yeah. the soccer match. That might be one side benefit of of the isolation you have to go through. But I will say, I hope you're feeling better. I, I meant to say it when you let everyone know at the start of the show, just what you're dealing with. And I just want to, I hope all all's well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're not suffering major consequences uh, uh, so far and that you're able to still get a lot of stuff done like this episode.
0: I, I appreciate it. And um, I'm feeling good today. Wasn't feeling uh, great on, on Sunday and Monday, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot better today. And, you know, and, and I'll tell people on the show here, what I, what I tweeted earlier this week is, you know, don't let your guard down. You know, I, I've been careful about COVID um, during the entire pandemic, um, wearing a mask, washing my hands, and now that the, the mask mandates are gone, I made the mistake of getting on a plane, not wearing a mask, go in a, went and played in a golf tournament for the weekend, didn't think about COVID for a second, and I came back with COVID. Um, so just because the mandates are gone doesn't mean you, you shouldn't be COVID cautious because if it's you know even if it, it's not going to kill you, I can promise you, well, you don't want to uh, have to deal with what I had to deal with this week. Um, so uh, that's a life lesson that you're going to learn on Charlotte soccer show. You're not going to learn many life lessons, but maybe you can learn that one. Uh, and hopefully next time when we're doing this show next week, I'm going to have a nice ice cold beer because I haven't had a beer in a while and I am jonesing for one, baby. We got to get back to our roots for sure. I can, even, I can throw in the, even well before the
1: COVID era, some of the worst illnesses and, you know, sicknesses and flus and colds I ever had in my life were, after flying on planes those things are damn petri dishes so uh you know yes. i'm just glad that yeah. you're okay for sure but we will be toasting and roasting again very soon uh, hopefully it'll be at triple c where we're awarding another golden boy of the match for sure we'll get the good people <laughs> at tc uh yeah, to hook man. us up if we're lucky and i can't wait i can't wait for this match.
0: Uh, have a Stella for me at, at the supporters bar. Uh, love hanging out in the supporters bar. Make sure you sell. If we're up two nil at halftime, make sure you go into that supporters beer, a couple supporters bar, a couple minutes early, and have a celebratory beer at halftime. Um, even though we've been there before, it, you gotta act like it's the first time every time. It's more fun that way. Uh, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. Until next time. Until after the match. Uh, hopefully after a Charlotte FC. W on Sunday versus Vancouver. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. For the crown, baby.